Um, so yeah, this week we are starting a new series in Acts. Very exciting. Um, so if you could turn to your Bibles um, to Acts 1. It's very small. <laughs> My bad. Um, Acts 1, uh, verse 1 to 11. Um, feel free to follow through, read with me, whatever you want to do. So in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And that is the word of God. So now we've got Pastor Albert who's preaching. All right, thank you. Well, I see a lot of people not here. Uh, either they got COVID, staying at home, or their families got COVID. Let's uh, pray for one another. All right. Um, it was my. Yep. All right, we start a new series of, as Venus said, uh, Acts, versus, uh, Acts 1 to 7. Now, I got the privilege to start this, all right? Um, very exciting. We just finished, what, uh, four months of Genesis 1 to 11, all right? And actually, we chose this book of Acts. It kind of, kind of parallel to what, actually, what Genesis 1 to 11 was, the message was very, very much similar. Always God was creating something, always chaos trying to overcome the order of God. Here, the church of, was born, and always the sin of man, you know, Satan trying to, to, yeah, to destroy the church. But every time God wins, right? Jesus is the head of the church. Okay, so Acts of the Apostles. What may be some of the things that you remember, uh, you know, something that stick into your mind about the book of Acts? Anything? Surely, Acts 1.8, we could re recite that, right? We, we actually, it was a verse for our, for our church some years ago. What else? Remember anything from the book of Acts? Sorry? <laughs> Holy Spirit comes in the next chapter. What else? Huh? 
I, I, my, my hearing is, is the Pentecost, right? That's the coming of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe some, some remember the four mission trips of Paul, all right? Or even the, the, the dramatic encounter of Paul in the road to Damascus. Wow, who are you? You know, who are you, Lord? And, and many things. But this verse, um, the verse of the month, this, this month, January, I think we all remember, all right? Do you, can you recite it now? Right? Um, the Holy Spirit be, will come upon you. Then you will have power, and, and you will be my witnesses, all right, from to, to in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, to, and to the ends of the world. And interestingly, this reply of Jesus actually came from a wrong question by the apostles, right? The, the apostles said, Lord, when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? That was a wrong question. And actually, Jesus virtually you know, said, none of your business. But this, let the Holy Spirit come upon you, and then you'll be my witnesses. All right? so, and, and, and indeed, that was in the mind of Jesus that the gospel was going to be preached from Jerusalem, from Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth, right? That was, that was the purpose of Luke was recording the Acts of the Apostle. And indeed, by the end of the book, the gospel was to the ends of the earth at that time was Rome. Okay? So we, we need to understand, um, I, I believe that um, the next uh, few months, couple of months that we're going to share the book of Acts. Uh, it will be very, very exciting. Okay. And uh, Venus, thank you for reading the first 11 uh, verses of chapter 1 to us. And uh, the first 11 verses, I believe that um, the Bible was saying that the, uh, Luke wanted to assure this guy, Theophilus. Okay. Who was Theophilus? Okay. But he wanted to assure him the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and, and to remind the, him and, and maybe others the charge of Jesus to the disciples to be his witnesses until one day Jesus comes back. And for us here, we were not in the first century church 2,000 years ago, but 2,000 years later in New Zealand, in Auckland, I believe this 11 verses of of first chapter of Acts, God wants to tell us, to, sh to assure us that we need to be very, very convinced of what Jesus has accomplished. I like the first song. I believe in the Father, I believe in the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit. You know, these are the creeds that we need to stand very, very firm. We are standing on firm foundation. The firm foundation is not PCBC. If it was PCBC, we will, we will shaky, right? But the firm foundation was what Jesus has accomplished. And because what Jesus has accomplished, we need to carry out his command to the ends of the world. And to, to lay that hope of one day Jesus will come back. Now, the, these 11 verses, I, I pray the Holy Spirit will really stir our hearts and, 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 and maybe we're 
not quite sure in certain things that we believe. You know, my, I, I pray that God will really help us to be, to be really, really steadfast and, and knowing that we are standing on the firm foundation, that foundation that cannot be shaken. Not us, not PCBC, not anything that in this world mankind can do, but on Jesus, what he has done. Okay? So, Luke has written two books in the New Testament. Okay? First was Gospel of Luke. And we may call him Volume 1. And, and uh, the audience was this guy, Theophilus. Who was Theophilus? Actually, this, this was a name that was kind of made up of two words. Theos, I think you all know, it means God. So when you study theology, you study things about God. Okay? Philos is love. Okay? So that, that if it was a person, um, some said it was actually an officer of the Roman government. Okay? If it was this guy, and he was, Luke was writing it to him and trying to make sure, you know, he... he he, he, he probably have became a Christian, and, and Luke really wanted to write the book, Gospel of Luke and let them be very, very sure what you have believed was true. Okay, so this was maybe a guy called Theophilus. Nice name. Anyone, you know, get married and one day you want to give birth to a son, call him Theophilus. Nice name. But also, but also this guy could be, a, this name could, could be symbolic. Because at a, at a time, um, Christians was under some difficult times, maybe starting of the persecutions. So this could be writing to all lovers of God, all Christians who loved God, Theophilus, Theophiluses, right? Um, so the first book was written, the Gospel of Luke, and the second book, the volume two, was Acts, all right? So when he said, in the beginning, I've written the the previous book about this, about Jesus. So the first book of Luke was about Jesus, and it ended in Jerusalem. But in the, the book of Acts, it was another, the God, Godhead, Holy Spirit, and the end was the world. So these are the two volumes of what Luke had written. Okay, So the purpose of Luke was writing the book of Acts. He wanted to Theophilus or Theophiluses to know that Jesus was actually the continuation of the Old Testament. What God has planned in the remember Genesis three fifteen, the seed of the woman. All right, that was the first proclamation of the gospel in the new in the Old Testament and. And Luke was saying that Jesus was, was nothing new. It was the plan of God right from the beginning. And now he has died, he has rose again, he's been taken up. And now the church which he has built carried on the plan of God. It was right from the beginning to now it was nothing new. It was right, it was the heart of God. All right. It's just the, the church now continued on what Jesus has done, and Jesus was in the plan of God to save the world. So Christianity was not just for the Jews. The Christian faith was for the whole world. 
And now, for the, for the Roman government, if Theophilus was the government officer, um, he need to know, or the, gov the Roman government at the time, they need to know Christian faith was totally legitimate. There's nothing, nothing said about you know, Christian faith was trying to, um, trying to go against the Roman government. No, it's, 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 it's the plan of God. It's for the, for the salvation of all mankind. Okay, that was the purpose of the gospel. I mean, the book of Acts, when God, uh, when Luke was writing it and presented it to the people. Okay, so I think I, I've shown this to you before in the first chapter, the first sermon in, in, in Genesis. As, as said, Genesis three fifteen, the seed of the woman, and to 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 be in conflict with the with the seed of the serpent, right? That was the first de de declaration of salvation, and God created salvation at that time. And through and the chosen, um, the people, and especially in, uh, the Jewish people in uh, Abraham, and it was in this process that salvation was in con conception. And on, until Jesus came, he was the completion of salvation that was planned ages ago. And when Jesus has finished his salvation, he charged, he commissioned church, that's us, to preach to the, the salvation, to communicate salvation. But one day, Jesus, when he returned, that will be the consummation of the salvation. That is a very simple um, of history of the Bible from the first book to the last book. Okay, And, and we are somewhere around here, alright? We don't know when Jesus will come. So this is us. So when we look, when we read the first 11 verses of, of the first book of Acts, let us remind we are in this kind of context, okay? So in the first 11 verses, Luke was trying to say, first thing, in verse 1, 2, 3, Jesus accomplishment. What Jesus has accomplished? Verses 1 to 3. In my former book, that is the Gospel of Luke, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. All right? And you could see it in the, in the Gospel of Luke, what all the things that Jesus has done and all the things that Jesus has taught until he died on the cross, he rose again, and he was raised up to heaven. Okay? And after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Okay? Now, that was the, the introduction of um, reminding Theophilus, hey, my part, my volume one, I've written to you before. And actually, Luke, the la very last verses in Luke, and it was like this. And so, Acts 1 simply recapped what Luke has written in the last, the very last piece in the Luke Gospel. Similar things. 
This is what's written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead and on the third day, and the repentance of forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name. So it was a continuation from the Gospel of Luke and now to the first three verses of the book of Acts. All right? What Jesus has taught, what Jesus has done, who Jesus was, very, very important. So Luke was trying to convince Theophilus all the things mentioned, all the things you have been taught. Now, you, we need to be very, very convinced, know what we believe or who, be, who we believe. Okay, so that was, that was in verses, verse 2 of, the, of Acts 1. Okay, um, all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up. That was the life and the ministry of Jesus. He was God, virgin birth, the song we just sung before, I believe in the virgin birth. So that was Christmas celebration. And then he came to, uh, to start his ministry and began with his baptism. And, he, and his, during his ministry, about three years, what he taught, what he has done, okay? And then he died on the cross, but he rose again. And the very end of the Luke Gospel, the Gospel of Luke, he was taken up to heaven. So that was, the, uh, Luke was trying to let Theophilus know, now be very sure, very convinced of what you have believed. Okay, so today, okay, let us be very certain too. You know, this year we have this theme, our firm foundation. Let us be very, very sure of what we believe, who we believe. Okay? We may have come to church for a long time, but when people ask you, what do you believe? Oh, I believe our church has a wonderful pastor, William. You know? That's about it. No, that's not our firm foundation. Yeah, I believe that oh, we have 30 years now in this place. Our God has blessed us. But what do we believe? I believe in the God the Father. I believe in the, you know, the God the Son, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we need to be very, very sure. There are many things, I mean, there are many things about Christian, Christian faith. But this, this, these are the crux, the foundation. We need to be very, very firm, very, very steadfast. Nothing can change. This is what Jesus has accomplished. Are we, are we very sure about that? Do we, do we, you know, when people challenge us, did really Jesus die on the cross? Ah, God cannot die on the cross. You know, uh, did he really rose up, rose, rise, rise up again? Uh, that's not very scientific. You know, faith based on facts. But still, we need to exercise that faith. And sometimes we cannot just use logic to explain Faith. Okay? So, how certain are we? Secondly, Jesus' commandment, we need to carry it out. We need to be, we need, Jesus' commandment needed to be executed. In verses 4 to 5, on one occasion, when he was eating with them, he gave his, them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift 
my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, and a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, when, when this term, baptism of the Holy Spirit, there are different, different denominations speak about, maybe just slightly different, but only one Holy Spirit, only one baptism. Okay, and, and actually, um, Luke, uh, Jesus was saying this baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, I believe that all his apostles and the disciples knew what he was talking about. It's just us, we just have different definitions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But for them, they knew, because it was, you know, baptism was the common practice during those times, okay? And, and what really Jesus was trying to say that it was this immersion the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit will come and cleanse and to penetrate one's heart and mind and life so that that person, after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is no longer them. They're not in charge, but the power to come upon them. There will be a new person. Uh, of course, it's not just one-off thing. It will be a continuous transformation and baptism of the Holy Spirit in us. Okay, we need to, and then we need to fill, to be filled by the Holy Spirit ever and ever and ever. But one thing was clear. The apostles, no matter how, how gifted they were, how, how powerful God has used them, it was not themselves. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. So the command was to wait. Surely, the, in verse 8, it says that, that when, when the power of the Holy Spirit come upon us and we can be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world, earth. Yes, that was the purpose when the Spirit come upon us and we could we have to carry out that, that command. And today, it was, it was the missionaries in the past that, you know, from America, from England, from Europe, that brought the gospel to China, okay? And to the very remote, and they had to sacrifice much, much more than we can imagine, all right? And they preached the gospel to our grandparents. And they were able to believe, all right? And our parents... And, and for some, if we're growing up in Christian families, praise God and thank, thank God for these missionaries. But it was the power of the Holy Spirit that enabled these things happen. It was not how great the missionaries were, how, how well educated they were, how well they could speak. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. And now imagine, when Jesus was um, telling them, wait. Wait until my father has, for the gift my father had promised. Uh, I, the apostles could remember well because in John 14, 16, Jesus has already told them about, um, I will leave you, but I, I will ask God and he will send you another advocate, another counselor. That is the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. All right? And they knew something, and they, they, they did, probably did not exactly know who, who, who or how the Holy Spirit came, but they knew something was coming. All right? And Jesus here reminded them again, wait 
until the Holy Spirit comes. But how long did they have to wait? If you have told me, oh, okay, wait for a certain time, okay, I'll wait. But they didn't know how long they had, how long they had to wait. We know how long they waited. How long have they waited? Now, my maths are not very good, but I could work this out. Okay? So, Jesus, when he, was, he rose again, he had, what the verse said before, how many days he spent with the apostles and the disciples? 40 days, right? So, what, kind of, what festival of the Jewish people at that time that Jesus was crucified? Remember? The Passover, right? He was the Passover lamb, right? So it was the Passover that Jesus was the next day, okay, that he was hung on the cross. And what day did the Holy Spirit come? Pentecost. So the Passover and the Pentecost, how long in between? Oh, you could actually, you can tell by the, 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 you know, the name Pentecost. What, what does Pentecost mean? What's pent? Pent, P-E-N-T, pent, there's five, right? All right. Pentecost really means 50. So from Passover to Pentecost, if you, if you could read it from the Old, you know, Old Testament, Leviticus, and, and it was seven times seven plus one. That's 50 days. All right? So 50 days minus 40. So how many days? Ten. Right. Thank you for, for, for your answer. Right. But not ten. Because Jesus died and, 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 and the grave. No, you, it was good. You had to give me that. They would be very ignorant about it, right? So you had to give me that. But it, it was three days that Jesus was, was in, in the grave. So it was about seven days. They had to wait seven days for the Holy Spirit to come. They didn't know. If they knew, if Jesus said, wait for a week, okay, we'll wait for a week. But Jesus did not tell them how long they had to wait. So one day passed, two days, three days, four days. Nothing. What are you going to do? But they had to wait. I think it's a lesson for us. You know, um, we had to wait. Because if we do not wait, we do not, we're not sure it was the Spirit telling us, giving us the power, we could not achieve anything. I mean, often, we, you know, as pastor, I, 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 I like to walk about, I run about, I like to talk to people, I like to do things. But my, my, yeah, my confession is, I need to learn to wait. Often as ch- at church, you know, we can all have meetings, we can talk about it, and we can, we can plan these sort of things, but perhaps we all have to learn to wait upon God. Because if without the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot be witnesses. You know, this word witnesses... It's not just giving our testimonies. When, you know, uh, Erica, when you uh, get baptized, oh, I'm going to share my testimony, okay? Surely everybody clap and, wow, how, how wonderful. But if you were sharing your testimony in, in, a, in North Korea right now, 
not even, I, I believe, not, if you even, maybe even one third into your testimony, you'll be probably executed. That word, witnesses, actually, martyr race, it was the word for martyrs. You were trying to witness for Jesus to a point that you can risk your life. So without the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot. The people at that time cannot, could not. And today, we cannot because this world is hostile. Because there are a spiritual conflict. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us. And, 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 that, and once we had the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be God's witnesses. Okay, so that was what we, the, the slide we just had before, the Gospel of Luke. But now it's church carrying, carrying on what Jesus had done. Okay, what Jesus taught and did, we are to continue to do what Jesus had done after he was taken up. We are to be his witnesses but not with our own strength. But the power of the Holy Spirit came upon us. So Luke was recording these sort of things until the end of Acts. It was approximately AD 61, because we know AD 62 was the Emperor Nero who came to reign, and that the persecution started. All right? So today... We are to be his witnesses. How are we going to witness for him? Not by our own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. I'd like to share a testimony. My nephew, you know, my nephew is Simon. How I many you know, you know Simon? Okay. He was working with uh, doing a denture, you know, the work, and he, was, he got so bored. He said, he prayed, God, bring me to something that, you know, instead of just doing... One day he's going to do, do my denture, right? He said, no, I don't want to do your denture. Okay, Lord, what can I do for you? And then the Lord opened the way. And, and, and one day with this guy, Nick, um, the ex-cop, right? Remember? Who came to and speak. And, and he kind of talked to him. And, and, and God has opened the way for, for Simon to actually, in his late 30s, he entered into a cadet school in Wellington. Okay, now he's graduated and he became a cop now. And, and, and he's in Manarua, okay. Pray for him, dangerous places, all right. Not even in Manarua, Pekaranga's dangerous, right? Yeah, all over New Auckland, yeah. You go to Dunedin, it's too dangerous, all right. But when he had, um, he had an, uh, an experience in, in a cadet school. The first day, he's, uh, everybody it was about 30-something in the intake. And uh, everybody was taken to a marae, okay? And everybody was kind of sharing where you come from, what he, what he used to do, and, and, and things like that. So he, he, he just stood up and, and he, he just shared, oh, I'm a Christian. I, I came from a Pekaranga Chinese Baptist. Oh, my uncle's a pastor, and these kind of things. And, uh, oh, and everybody got nice, you know, nice, nice, yeah. And, and, but, yeah, let's just everybody kind of get to know one another. But the interesting was, interesting was, they had two exams, you know, these exams, you know, for guys, uh, it's quite, quite intense, quite stressful. 
and and yeah, these uh, in the uh, mature people, you know, some in the twenties, some in the thirties, some younger ones, but they were so stressful about exams. And just before they went into the exam hall, and and Simon was you know praying, you know, and he by himself. He did not like this. He was just praying silently, and suddenly it was uh, this lady who came. Uh, Simon, you're a Christian, right? Why don't you pray for us? Never expected that. And, uh, oh, okay, why not? Oh, yeah, I'd like to pray for you. He thought it was just praying for the, for the lady. But it was about seven or eight of them gathered together. Oh, come pray for us. You know? He became a minister in the cadet school. Second time was like that as well. See? We can, there are many, many opportunities. God calls us in our different professions. The, le- the, thing, the least you know, areas that we think God can use us, God can use you. Are we ready? Do we have the power of the Holy Spirit? You know, if we don't, oh, no, 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 someone else pray better. I'll ask my, my uncle to come next week, okay? No! When we have the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be His witnesses. Are we ready? Do we ask the power of the Holy Spirit to fill us? So whenever there are opportunities, we can testify Jesus in the areas, in the places that, where God has placed us. Thirdly, fulfillment. You know, if Christians, we don't have hope, we're just, just surviving here in this world. It's pointless. You know? But we have the glorious hope one day Jesus will come back. And this is especially in verse 11. When the angels tell them, told them, this same Jesus that you see that is taking up to heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. One day our Lord will come back in his glorious manifestation. He died as a, as, as a, as a lamb, uh, um, for sacrificial lamb, but he comes back as the glorious king. And this is our hope, brothers and sisters. He hasn't abandoned us. We're not here by ourselves. The Holy Spirit is with us, empowering us, but one day our king is going to come back. This is our belief, this is our conviction. If we don't have this hope, if we don't have the conviction, we're, we're worse than any others in this world. Right? He appeared to, to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Surely it's not the kingdom of the world, of, the, of this earth. Not New Zealand, not, not England, not USA. But the kingdom of God. The kingdom is the king, the reign of king, our Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of the lords. Surely the, the people at the time, they didn't understand the apostles still worry about the kingdom of Israel. Can you imagine? You know, all 40 days, Jesus told them about the kingdom of God and then the, the, the apostles been following Jesus for three years. And Jesus actually, um, yeah, I heard you about talking about the kingdom of God, but, but what about the kingdom of Israel? <laughs> and Jesus virtually told him, shut up, not your business. But nothing, don't, don't worry about the kingdom of Israel. But, but when the power of the Holy Spirit comes you, upon you, 
and you have, you will be my witnesses. All right. So this kingdom, what is this kingdom? All right. This is the gospel. This is the X. What we, are, where we are now. Uh, well, that's our root. Okay. But one day, Jesus will come back. His second coming. That will be the completion of human history. This is what the Bible told us, right? So the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the reign of God, according to the gospel, was when Jesus came. And that's why John the Baptist said, the kingdom of God is here. Repent. All right? And Jesus, in his parables and his teaching, we're all talking about the kingdom of God. I drive out the demons by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and you know the kingdom of God is here. So kingdom came when Jesus was arrived. So the kingdom already here, but not fully kind of realized. So there was a theological term called already and not yet. All right? The kingdom of God is already here, but not yet. And, and one day when Jesus comes back, that will be the consummation of the kingdom. So we are in this interim period until one day Jesus comes. So consummation, you remember in the, in, in the book of Revelation, uh, the church is the bride of Christ, okay? And Jesus is the groom. So one day the groom will come and take the bride and that will be the consummation of, of, of the marriage. That will be the day the church will be consummated by Christ. That will be the, the, the full realization of the kingdom of God. And I somehow, I don't know, uh, not predicting anything, maybe we are here somehow, somewhere. Jesus is coming very soon. And this is our hope, brothers and sisters. So we have today. As church, do we have the, re the conviction of Jesus' accomplishment? Do we carry out Jesus' commandment? And do we have the hope of the fulfillment of the kingdom of God? What are we doing here in this place? Where our vision statement, built, vibrant, multilingual congregations. We all remember that. Praise God. God is doing this. We, don't, we, don't, we can't do it by ourselves. All right? But when the Spirit is upon us, let's carry on what the, what the Holy Spirit is instructing us, empowering us, and, and to be His witnesses in this local community and beyond. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that you'll, you'll continue to empower us, continue to, um, yeah, to direct us, continue to transform us as your people in this place, Lord. You planted this, com this community of, uh, of a body of Christ 30-something um, years ago. No, Lord, we never expected that, that this seed had come to this uh, fruits. It's all your 
it's all glory and honor to you, not, not what we could have done. We have done many things that have, have hurted you, uh, frustrated your plan. But Lord, thank you for your patience. Thank you for, for the Spirit's uh, transformation. So we ask that you continue to bless and, 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 and use this church in the English congregation, on Saturday congregation, and the Sunday congregations. Lord, that we will walk in your will as a church to be your witnesses. Thank you in Jesus' mighty and wonderful name. Amen.